Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfied Radio, and this is On Course with Hart Ramsey, and we call these sessions Heart to Heart. Now, I know you guys have been waiting for conversations. You've been tweeting us. You've been hitting us on Facebook. We appreciate it. It's all good. Of course, we're going to hear from Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Gerard. How you doing? I am fantastic. So... With all the things there is to talk about, the thing that's leading things right now is uh, the recent meeting that took place between uh, President Donald Trump and a number of, as the news outlets called them, urban pastors, inner city pastors, if you will. They were really uh, pastors of color. There were Hispanic and Latino pastors, African-American pastors, a couple of Caucasian folks in the room as well. And uh, the meeting was supposed to be about prison reform. And uh, the headlines have gotten the news because of some pastors making statements such as uh, Trump being the blackest president or the most pro-black president uh, we've ever had, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of people are talking. As you being Pastor Hart Ramsey, I want to get your first take on what's your takeaways from this? Because there are a lot of people talking and for understandable reasons. You know, Gerard, this is so, it's a complicated thing for, for a lot of reasons, but I want to I start here. Um, the, the pastor that made that statement about Trump being the most pro-black president, mm-hmm. number one, he's deceived. Number two, he's being paid. Mm. Okay, he's been a Trump surrogate from the, the campaign days back in 2015, 2016. And I know for a fact he's receiving funds to do this. Mm. That's the first thing. Okay. Um, the second thing is... Um, I want to go back and look at just the invitation for, um, to deal with the issue. We're going, this, this has to be unpacked in various levels. Okay. One level I want to talk about is, is this um, the, the whole premise of them being at the White House. The invitation was based on prison reform. Right. And, 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 you know, I, and I, I'm going to be probably more blunt and blatant in my comments that, than I've ever been because Donald Trump is a deceiver. Mm-hmm. I'm not, listen, and this is not about party anything first of all i want to clear the air about people want to know are you a democrat i'm not a democrat i'm a theocrat my, my whole premise is i believe uh my conviction is the church cannot be left or right we have to be the moderates we have to be the voice in the middle that stands on the word of god and and for the lack of a better term discern the times yeah. um the bible says paul asked in in um, the corinthians he asked them if we're going to judge angels can we not judge smaller matters right. and this is a smaller matter in the grand scheme of things what i believe about this issue about the invitation is that it was disingenuous um if you want to, to uh deal with uh prison reform what about every uh activist that's been in every city fighting for prison reform over the last couple decades right they weren't they weren't invited so you're going to invite the church the black church 
Wait a minute, so you only black people in jail? You only Latina people are in jail? Mm -hmm. No, this is my whole thing. I think, first of all, we know this president. He's playing optics. This is about the pre-midterm election that's coming up. Sure. It has nothing to do with helping the black community. And for Pastor Daryl Scott to even suggest that he's the most pro-black president is the most deceptive, insulting, and enraging thing. I'm infuriated. Mm-hmm. By, by even the suggestion, as much as, as he has be, uh, proven himself to be alt-right and pro-Nazi and against blacks, mm-hmm. how could you make such a statement? And it's gaslighting, it's deceptive, it's divisive, and there's some other words I want to use that I can't use because I'm saved. <laughs> right. <laughs> how dare he part his lips to say something so stupid? And he's to me, well, that's personal. I won't even say that, but I just I'm just bothered by that. Yeah. The next thing I want to say is, is I, I'm, I was I, the the optics of the entire thing troubled me, coupled with the ABC headline, mm-hmm. it gave the impression. Now I want to speak, and I and I want to I want to say this on behalf of Pastor John Gray. I don't know the other people in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had encounters with Paula White. Um, uh, um, Paula White did a, I did an interview with her on her podcast some time ago. Um, I had I had an encounter with her through another pastor before then. And I'll be honest with you. I'm just gonna be up. I'm gonna be straight up because. Go for it. The bottom line is, uh, um, uh, Gerard, she's not an honorable person. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us, you know, all of all, every one of every one of God's ministers, every vessel has its own chips and flaws and scars. But to me, she's proven herself to be disingenuous and dishonorable over the years. You know, different people have made different gods of their life. Some people chase influence. Some people chase money. Some right. people chase uh, um, fame. Some people chase whatever they're chasing. Mm-hmm. But for her, it's all about the dollar bill. And it's a shame. Right. Okay? So she was the one that invited all these pastors on behalf of the president to sit at the table and have this discussion. I want to say on behalf of Pastor John Gray that that um, he he had the unfortunate, um, what's the word? He he had the, the uh, he had, he was on he was unfortunate to be sitting right next to the president. And so I had I, I spoke with John this morning, mm-hmm. and I asked John about this, the optics of this. The optics were alarming. They were they were disheartening. And and I asked him why were you the one sitting next to the president? He said the president asked him to sit next to him. For whatever reason. So we're not going to even speak to that. But I want to say this to everyone listening to the podcast. I know John Gray. I've been known this man for, for close to a decade. And I'm going to tell you this. Um, he's not a sellout. Mm-hmm. He's he's not one of the guys that's, that's playing two sides of the issue. If John was there because he felt a conviction. He's always been a person of conviction. And um and I believe these people uh, I've had I've been from six thirty this morning I've been going back and forth with several people texting me and asking me about this, and and so I had an opportunity to speak with John, and um he, he's he's heartbroken because of the way uh, the African American community at large has come against him, not even kind of knowing the whole story behind it. He was he is there at the table because he believes in um the need to have the reform. He wants to be a part of the solution. He's not at all interested in being. He, he's not. He's not a Trump surrogate. Um, for all intents and purposes, I can't. I can't speak for him, but I will say this: He's not a pro-Trump person. He's. I don't think that he's anti-Trump. He doesn't really give a care one direction or another about this person. He's been very vocal in times past about some of the things that Trump has said and done. And this is just one of the situations where I believe. That um as as in the past it, I could name the um the HBCU um um 
presidents and other times that he, that Donald Trump has sought to find a photo opportunity with people of color to say that um, he's with us when he's really not because he's looking for a vote. This is a pre-midterm election stunt. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, good people were caught up in a bad situation. So it's interesting. I uh, Oddly enough, I spent the morning, not even knowing we were going to talk about this today, but I spent the morning watching the full video. C-SPAN has the full video of the meeting, and it's a 30-minute meeting that took place with um, President Trump with some 20 pastors in the room. Uh, I may go through some of them by name. I don't know. But uh, what I can say is intriguing is... You know, for a lot of us, we've had the headline um, and we've had the small 45 second clip of what uh, Daryl Scott said. There's another clip that was floating around um, from some commentary from Mike Freeman, which was also interesting. Before I get into any of that, here's the question I want to ask. Given the history of Donald Trump, uh, his presidency uh, his treatment of people of color, uh, most recently the separation of children from their parents at the immigration borders, uh, all of these things that we have seen with these children being put almost into concentration camps, uh, separated from their parents, all these types of things. Why would a pastor, go, a pastor of people of color, yeah. why would they accept a meeting with Donald Trump in the White House in this environment with all of the things that we've already seen? Well, you know, I mean, I'm going to speak. Uh, I can't speak for them, but I'm going to give you my opinion as I always do. Mm-hmm. Um, many times what happens to pastors is that we we go to be a prophetic voice. We believe that it, our presence in the room give God's, gives God access to a situation. Mm-hmm. The problem with that, Gerard, is that sometimes um, the Bible says the children of this world are, are wiser in their generation than the children of light. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes what happens is uh, we miss the big picture. Uh, d- my thing with Donald Trump, and, and, and someone asked me if I was invited, would I have gone out of respect? I would have respectfully declined. I'm going to okay. tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because um, the, if Donald Trump Someone said to me, someone suggested that maybe he's trying to change his position and change his image and and kind of do an about face on on the way he's handled people of color in the past. But you see, that begins with a conversation. It begins with Donald Trump humbling himself, standing before the people that he leads and saying, I've been wrong. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this amendment. But but just to do what he's doing is, is just a part of his game. Um, we we. I don't know what it is with with pastors, but we feel like um, that somehow if we're in the room, then we could we could influence the situation. And sometimes we have to we have to kind of uh, grasp the knowledge that we are not the influencers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, the White House has its own prestige. The White House has its own power. But apart from Donald Trump, the American government is is um is a three headed monster. You know, um, you have the the. Uh, you have, you have the executive branch, which is which the president. You have the judicial branch. And, of course, you have the branch that includes the Senate and, and, and the Congress. And so uh, just to be a part of that for some is very, uh, it's an alluring thing. Mm-hmm. But but we have to be wise. We have to be wise about this. Um, 
we're we are in a Hitler type situation. Yes, we are, and um, uh, and either it, in, in as far as when something is when the stakes are this high, you're either for or against mm-hmm. the, the agenda of this of a, a person like Donald Trump, and I think um, uh, a lot of people in the room they're not for him, they're for change. And so they got caught up in this whole situation. I wish there's more, more I could say to it. But you know, I'm interested. I didn't see the whole 30 minutes. I'm interested to hear what people like Dr. Freeman, who I respect, and, and some other lead, leading people in the room. I don't know. What what did they say? Well, let me. It's funny you should say that because in watching the 30-minute video, um, all of the well, the video starts off with Donald Trump and a prepared statement. Uh, talking about you know prison reform, what he feels his accomplishments are, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, prior to that, it began with with uh, him asking John Gray to lead in a prayer. Right. Then he speaks and says what he says, and then he gives space for everyone in that room to say something. Did Every pr- did, here's a question: Did they praise him? Or, Every or did- one of them. Every person in that room spoke highly, every person in that room spoke highly of Donald Trump. Not one person in that room said anything to challenge Donald Trump. Not one of them. And I'm talking about, and I'm going to name names, and if it's not okay, so be it. Um, But we're talking Van Moody. Wow. We're talking Benny Perez. Wow. We're talking Marvin Winans Jr., who I didn't even know he was a pastor, but he was representing perfecting faith. Right. We're talking, of course, Daryl Scott, Bishop Daryl Hines, Mike Freeman, who wow. in this statement, he said he was grateful for all of the things Donald Trump has done. He wow. said that Donald Trump promised that Christians would have a friend in the White House, and he has done that. He invited Donald Trump to his church, and he ended his statement by saying, I'm praying for incredible success for you, and everything I pray happens. Wow. He said that. Um, Dale Bronner was in the room, and he went to talk about, um, you know, the the accomplishments of the Bronner brothers, and then spoke to how appreciative he was for all of the economic changes that have happened for African-American people. And I I promise, I watched the video scratching my head saying, what are we talking about? All of these pastors talk about, oh my God, we want a seat at the table. Oh my God, we want a seat at the table. Oh my God, we want a seat at the table. You get a seat at the table and all you do is praise Donald Trump. Every person in that room. And I think that's why it's becoming difficult for people to trust the narrative that these pastors feel like, hey, I went to make a difference, when when you were given an opportunity to speak, not one person challenged them. And it becomes a challenge for believers when, because I think here's the other thing. So the meeting that happened when Trump was a candidate, there was no footage that came out of that. All there was were photo ops. But with this one, there is video. There is context. And so 
what do because this video is out there it's from c-span so it's not doctored or anything it is you know literally from the start of the meeting and it stops when um the reporters begin asking questions about other things unrelated to prison reform right so the question that i have is what are believers and parishioners to think when uh their pastors and representatives of them were sitting in a room and the video very clearly shows they had opportunity to say whatever was on their mind and they chose to praise Trump instead of challenging him. Wow. You know, I, I didn't know that. <clears throat> um, that says a lot. Yeah. And that I, and I repeat, everyone <clears throat> in that room, nobody challenged him. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. And now, a word from our sponsor. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. There are now two ways for you to receive this regular encouragement via text message. Simply text Uplift to 46786 and you'll receive this regular encouragement on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To receive this encouragement on a daily basis, download the NCC Family app available in the app stores for Apple and Google Play. Once again, to receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift via text message, simply text Uplift to 46786 and you'll be able to receive this encouragement on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. To receive Heart Ramsey's Uplift on a daily basis, simply download the free NCC Family app available in the app stores for iTunes and Google Play. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. I know you're going to dig this. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. You know, that's unfortunate. It is disheartening to hear that. Um, um, but th- know this, and I'm going to say this, and, and I don't know that people do know this, but every pastor um, that have been um, walking with Donald Trump through this and, and either some, some, of, some of, have, um, have defended him to the point of becoming enraged at the African-American community for challenging him on issues that matter, mm-hmm. their churches don't, aren't doing well. Mm. They are, they're not. I mean, I, I I'm not going to call There's one particular pastor. I'm not going to, of course, put pastors out there, but there's mm-hmm. one particular pastor uh, who I learned just lost. Either they actually lost it or their building went into foreclosure because so many people left over this. Right. Wow. Another pastor who's been close to Donald Trump for years, um, her, her church is, is basically empty. Wow. So so my thing is this, the, the issue, the issue, 
and 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 here's why because you spoke to them and and I'm glad that you 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 kind of you're so up on the issue for this podcast because mm-hmm. of course I didn't see the whole thing but this is the thing and I, and I really appreciate your, your commentary on it because you're so spot on um in a situation like this where lives are at stake where the where the because because I'll be honest with you um if, if I wasn't like I, I, I've said this often I spent 11 years in the military mm-hmm. doing various and sundry jobs within an administrative position I've, I've had the privilege of being a junior staffer on um a thing called OCLL where we um, liaison with Congress on behalf of the United States Army Europe on for personnel matters mm-hmm. and so there's some and, and it sounds really more official than it is what well, it I guess it was super official but for me at the time I wasn't privy to some of the top decisions that were made but I was basically the clerk that um was responsible for the the transcript and for correspondence and for putting the heads together to discuss various issues. Mm -hmm. And so they taught us uh, different things as it relates to um, protecting our security and the security of the things we were working on so that it wouldn't fall into the wrong hands. When I watched Trump at Helsinki, what I noticed about him was he is compromised. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. I don't care who says what. He mm-hmm. is compromised. Mm-hmm. We've we've learned how to see a person. How matter of fact, we were we were trained not to be in a compromising position with foreign operatives. He is compromised in some way with with Russia. Yeah. That's, oh, I'm, clearly. I'm, right. He's compromised. I've said that before. But what I'm saying, and this, and I don't want to come across political because this is more. This is a very spiritual issue because pastors in, are involved. Right. I think we misunderstand the power that we have. So we walk into these rooms and we misunderstand that our power does not come from him. He does not have the power to do anything to us. Right. When Elijah first appeared to Ahab, who was basically doing the same junk that Donald Trump is doing, Elisha introduced himself as he said, I'm Elisha the Tishbite who stands before the Lord. Mm-hmm. His, his introduction was, he, he was clear to, to Ahab, you have no authority over me. I come on behalf of the Lord. And here's what the Lord said, it will not rain in Israel mm-hmm. until I say it's going to rain again because of your wickedness. Wow. That's the prophetic approach to a man like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you what happens to some of these pastors. I'm, I'm about to go really crosswise to some things. There, there, there is a definite uh, split and difference of perspective and, and ideology, uh, or ideology and philosophy when it comes uh, to this issue between whites and white and black pastors. I've had several exchanges with, with white pastors who have good hearts but wrong theology as it re- relates to this thing with Donald Trump. And their whole thing is they're, they're, they're believing that somehow Trump is this, um, this God-ordained... And listen to me. Trump has one assignment to the United States is to wreck things. Wow. If God is ordaining for anything, he's assigned by God to tear things apart. Mm. And our job it, it, as, as prophetic voices... Um, and when I say assigned by God, I'm saying that he, that's, that's his, if he has anything that God is allowing him to do, it's to tear things apart. He's not here to build anything. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's protecting the church, but at what cost? Yeah. He is protecting the church, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The pendulum is going to swing. And when it swings, you're going to see that he did, in his tenure, he would have done more damage to the church than anything else. Because the bottom line is, the bottom line is, is that what he stands for is ungodly, it's hurting good people. Mm-hmm. It's dis- I mean, I, he has this agenda. He does not care about Christianity. He's not saved. Yeah. But he's, this whole thing is he has an ev- evangelical base that's helping his bottom line 
um, vote count and is uh, is is helping his influence. He is for himself, and these pastors have been duped and they have been played. Yeah, you, you know, I was watching the video and I thought to myself, okay, Gerard, if you were in that room, how would you handle this? You know, right. because I could see that several of them wanted to be very diplomatic. Right. But there's a difference between being diplomatic and uh, completely forgetting about the people who you are sent to represent. Right. And to me, the fact that of the 20 pastors in that room, not one challenge, nobody asked the question. Right. Let me t let me speak. I'm going to speak again. I want to speak for uh, again. I, do, I know I know these a lot of these guys by name, but I don't mm -hmm. know them personally. Mm -hmm. My relationship with John Drake goes back years. Matter of fact, as you probably well know, I ordained John. Right. Right. John did not come to me specifically for ordination. Um, he came, uh, I, I know his uh, wife, uh, I knew her brother, and so she brought him to me as a father figure, a spiritual father figure, because um, I promised her brother Kiefer I'd look out for her. She has her parents are alive, so she didn't need me for a whole lot. She just honored me mm -hmm. to, to kind of meet him and, and, you know, give my two cents. Mm -hmm. What I do know about John is that... It, um, to be ordained here, of course, he, he's been exposed to several ministries. He's worked at several um, high-profile ministries. Mm -hmm. One of the things I hope he took away from me is discerning the moment or a moment. And I believe that uh, if John learned anything from me, it was protocol. Mm -hmm. uh, when I looked at the, the, the brief clip that I saw, what I saw on, on John's face, if you, anyone that knows John will see that he was in, not in agreement. Um, he felt uncomfortable. He was a new invitee. In other words, this was his first time there. Sure. And what he was trying to do, I believe, was measure the moment and speak um, in a way that honored the office of the president and not so much praise him. I don't know what he said. You you saw the whole video. You heard his words. Mm -hmm. But uh, at, at, when I spoke to him this morning, he confirmed for me that that um, he felt like that, um, that the initial... Um, the, the, the initial introduction was not the time to speak truth to power. Um, just like if you just meet a person for the first time, you don't go off on them about things you felt. He felt like it, that was for another time. I think what none of the presses in the room expected was for the Trump administration to use that entire meeting as a soundbite. As, as you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think they didn't. They didn't know pictures. Their pictures would be on, on front pages of newspapers, and they would be all over the evening news. It was supposed to, in their minds, be a meeting where they got a chance to listen to what the president was rolling out, and then they, if at all. Um, they were all because there were so many of them given a few minutes to say a few things, and um, and I think in John's mind he felt it would it would have been inappropriate to be critical with his few min minutes to say anything. I, I don't know that what he I don't know what he said, but I hope that he did not say anything that was against what he truly feels. Um, I hope that uh, because you know the issue with with Donald Trump is that he has a reputation for being for being disingenuous, and I hope mm -hmm. that John did not use that moment to be disingenuous. I will have to go back and watch the C-SPAN footage, but I, I, I would say that um, for the people that's listening, um, um, John again, Gerard, what, what bothered me the most about it was that um, the, the the ABC News clip, especially, were quoting Pastor Daryl Scott, but but it had John's picture there. Yeah, you know, and and I think in looking at that, 
part of the only reason John's picture was there was because he was seated next to the president. Right. They were more interested in getting a picture of the president than they were of the preachers. Right. And I think what um, most of our community needs to understand is they, you know, it's funny. When I would do red carpets at, you know, certain gospel events and there was mainstream press there. Yeah. Mainstream press would always have like a a junket or a, a a a a sheet with everyone's pictures and names, so they could know who's who in the zoo. Right. And if they if ever they didn't know, and I'm standing next to them, they would ask me since I knew so many of those folks. What right. ma- what we have to understand is the mainstream media doesn't know the difference between John Gray and Daryl Scott. Right, right. They don't know the difference. All they know is there were black pastors in the room. This is the guy sitting next to President Trump. And so since Trump is there, they, now if there was a picture that came from a different angle, there would have been Trump and uh, Alveda King. She was sitting next to Trump on the other side. Daryl Scott was directly across from Donald Trump. So there was no way he was going to get in the picture. And when you start thinking of the buzzworthy lines to go with for a story, calling a president, a black man, calling this president the most black president we've ever had is a buzz line. So I think the news folks did what they're supposed to do. That's what they do. Um, I don't think this was, you know, some horrible attack against John Gray specifically. He just was seated next to the president and they wanted a picture next to the president. Um, but what I think the pastors are going to have to to come to grips with is when their parishioners see this video. And so before we go, I want to ask this question because you mentioned, um, you know, the fact that several of the pastors may have felt um that the invite was for one thing, and yet this was something totally different. My question is, have they not been watching the news? Like, when was the last time Donald Trump said something and did exactly what he said? And I think what's tough is in that room, there were people who said, you've done everything you said you were going to do. So I don't understand how the pastors felt like, oh, this was going to be a genuine meeting with Donald Trump when none of the other meetings have been genuine. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, Gerard, Gerard, I'm going to tell you this. I was, um, first of all, the, uh, the, their transcripts available of what was said. I was yes. act- actually, as we're talking now, I'm, I'm receiving emails of the transcripts of some of the things that the pastor said. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I will be a liar to say it's not unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Because Donald Trump is the most polarizing president in the history of the United States. In my lifetime, I've never seen a human being lie so much. If I had friends that lied like that, they wouldn't they'll be ex-friends. Right. If 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 I've had a mate that lied like that, I, mm-hmm. I, I would be in divorce court. The the lying is pathological. It's it's for no reason. The part that bothers me is the things that he lies about, that he tells, that he tells the lies about, can be verified in in an instant. He right. lies with no conscience. He is narcissistic. He's there's so much. I'm not saying they should have went in there and disrespected him in that mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, um, something could have been said. Like I was reading uh, um, one statement of of you mentioned Van Moody. I read um, mm-hmm. him and Pastor Kyle Sershi from Montgomery, who's a friend mm-hmm. of mine. And mm-hmm. and when I read what they said about what what they said to him 
it is it, it's I'm sorry guys and if you if, if you go to these churches I'm sorry I'm, I'm not trying to to, to to throw off on anyone but it is a, it, what they said were blatant lies it's crazy no I'm just sorry yeah. they, what what they said what they were they're, they're, they're commending him for being a, a friend of the black community it's not mm-hmm. true mm-hmm Go back. We don't have to go far. Just, just, just look at some clips. Just Google it. Just yeah. for you to do that, you didn't have to do that. That's not what. Even if you felt that God wanted you at the table, He did not send you there to do that. You, right. If you are going to be combative, if you want, if you want to say anything, um, that if you are not going to speak to the issue, you didn't have to go in there and 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 and, and blow smoke. You didn't have. That's not the call. Right. And again, I, I want, and I, I know I keep harping on this, and people get mad at me doing this, mm-hmm. but but I, I feel that uh, I feel that if that in the days, weeks, months, and years to come, I believe that John Gray is going to be a voice mm-hmm. in in these issues. I think that he, you know, he just took his pastorate in Greenville, South Carolina, great church up there, my relentless church, mm-hmm. um, um, is, uh, and I believe that. Um, he's going to be a voice. I believe that he's going to he's going to be in a position where he's going to be the go-to guy. The, every diplomat has to learn diplomacy. Every diplomat has to learn how to represent. And I think in a situation like this, um, um, all the pastors in that room, I think, were caught in a situation that was intended for no other reason but to get pictures of Trump surrounded by black people, so he could, he could tell the lie and say. That he's pro-black. He's never been pro-black. He's not pro-black now. He won't be pro-black later. His track record uh, proves that he's not. The people he have around him, um, the, the whole issue in, in, in um, what Charlottesville, mm-hmm. what um, that whole um, Nazi and, and Confederate thing. All of what he does is against who we are. Yeah, he's an insult to us. He, he's he's. Um, he, we, we have been minimized. And then I'm not even talking about the immigration issue or the misogynistic issue. I'm not even mm-hmm. talking about those, about the fact that he has children separated from their parents who may never, ever see their parents again. I'm not even speaking to that. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking to the fact that that, that he is in, in an investigation. It's a legitimate investigation about right. his collusion with Russia. And I don't know if, they, if anyone even paid attention to the fact that all of a sudden they're towing this new line. First it was there's no collusion. Now this collusion is not a crime. Right. All this stuff, this speaks to the fact that we are in a situation. And when history re- records this, you don't want to be on the wrong side of this. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, there's a, uh, I'm a citizen in closing, Gerard. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Was a, was a, a, a German minister who was executed in, in the last days, right a couple weeks before Hitler was overthrown, and and they falsely accused him of being a of being a part of a plot to assassinate Hitler. Mm-hmm. And what his whole thing was, he was very vocal about the things that his, Hitler was doing, and he was a great voice because he was theologically sound. Matter of fact, we still read his books and commentaries today. Right. And he was, and his thing was, the gospel is not the gospel. If it does not speak to social justice, mm-hmm. when Jesus came into, he was preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A lot of what he was preaching was social justice. He was preaching the gospel is about yes, it's about the, the the big picture of the gospel is that God loved His people enough to send His Son uh, to take our place. What right. we see on Him on the cross is, is a, we see the sins of humanity upon Jesus on the cross. Right. So we could we could bear or, or carry the brightness of his righteousness. He gave us a gift of, of being right with God. But but and that's the big picture. But the small picture that comes and in, in the in the Greek, there's a word. The word is pas, p-a-s, and it speaks to the big picture. But it also speaks to every little piece that's involved in making up this collage of the big picture. 
Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and a small part of the collage, or not even a small part, one part of the collage, I should say, is how people are treated, how we treat one another, how, how we respect the government, how the government respects us, how people, how people are treated as people. We're treated humanely. And the African-American community has been treated inhumanely for years. Um, uh, the president, the sitting president, has encouraged law enforcement to treat us horribly, and they're doing it. Since he took office, hate crimes have gone up by 25%. Mm. Because, of, because he's empowered hate, hateful people, racist people, yeah. uh, anti-Semitists, um, people who are against... Um, uh, 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 the gay community. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna say this. You know, I'm. I, I you said, Pastor. Well, are you for the gay community? I'm for people. Right. Because the Bible. Because their sin the, the, is no different from our sin. That's right. That's right. You know, and I think, and I think for us to, um, uh, for pastors to have had an opportunity to just, you don't have to be mean, but you can say, um, Mr. President, I'm here on behalf of my name is so and so. I've come. Um, I'm, 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 I'm the senior pastor of Northview Christian Church. I pastor uh, one church in three uh, communities. Mm-hmm. And, and my congregation and myself, we have concerns. Yeah, we have concerns about about your voice and and how you're being interpreted and how you how you represent yourself as it relates to our community. And I look forward to having dialogue with you mm-hmm. about this. Yes, I would have stood out, and yes, I've been different. But you can't make a difference if you choose not to be different. Exactly. And that's my whole piece on it. And again, I have friends that were in that room, and and and, and I pray. I just pray, um, you know. Someone just asked me and texted me and said, Pastor, if you, if you were invited, would you have gone? My answer is no. Mm-hmm. And I would not have gone for the simple reason that I don't believe that anything I say to him would have made a difference. Yeah. Because egotists and narcissists only care about one thing themselves. So, that's it. That's it. Wow. What a very powerful episode. Uh, We are very interested in hearing what you guys have to say. So uh, if you would make sure you're hitting us up via social media with your comments using the hashtags on course or heart to heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T. We absolutely want to hear what you have to say about this issue. And, you know, we'll continue to have dialogue about it. Be sure to uh, rate, subscribe, and download our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Be sure to share it with a friend as well. And we'll join you next time, or you'll join us, as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.